episode of Mimosas with Moms. I'm your host, Abby Williams, and today I am joined by my dear friend, Rachel Sobel. Rachel is a writer and author whose work appears on her own blog, Wine and Cheez-Its, as well as other publications such as Today Parents, Scary Mommy, Pop Sugar, and Mommy Nearest. Rachel is a truth teller, a speaker, and an influencer. So welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Um, So Rachel, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I am a mother to two crazy little girls um, (laughs) who I wouldn't trade their feistiness for anything, but they leave me with gray hair and no sleep. Um, Girls are like a whole different bag of worms. (laughs) I didn't even know. I thought that girls would be the quiet, calm, you know, but it is not the case, but it's okay. It's not just princesses. (laughs) It's not. Definitely not. Um, And I spend my days basically corralling them in between trying to churn out work for a lot of the publications I work for as a writer, being a wife to my husband husband, keeping my house in check, and I think all the things a lot of mothers can relate to. Uh, Yeah, definitely. So you got divorced Mm -hmm. when your daughter, when your oldest daughter was how old? She was two when we separated. Yeah. Um, Really young. She was really young. We were together for a very long time before we even had her. And yeah, yeah, I found myself divorced with a toddler, which is always super fun. And it's a scary time. It is scary. It's scary. There's, you know, believe it or not, there is a little bit of hope because you think, okay, I'm going to start my life over and kind of have a chance to do things a different way in retrospect, looking at everything that went on before. And so it's not all doom and gloom, but it's definitely, definitely scary to think about navigating those new waters. I was telling somebody this morning, um, like that the hardest part about change is making it. Mm-hmm. So kind of just like making so that true. choice that, hey, okay, now I'm going to do something different with my life. And it's like, just kind of the fear of the unknown. It's like ripping off a bandaid. It's yeah. the same. I, I always I agree with you. I think it's yeah. the anticipation of even those first conversations before you decide you're going to get divorced, but like, you know, something is brewing yeah. Yeah. that those conversations where you make that definitive line in the sand and you say, okay, we're going to do this. I think that's the scariest part of the whole process because yeah you know that there's going to be parts that aren't pretty and there's going to be parts that are that tug at your heart and your head and everything involved. But I think it's that initial decision to pull the plug and do it. That is definitely the hardest part of the whole thing. So do you feel like you and your ex-husband kind of were on the same page of how you're going to you know, make this transition out of your marriage, but with your daughter. Yeah, I think we were. I think it's very hard, no matter how amicable you try to be. I I think that you have history and you have, you know how to push each other's buttons. And you, when you have this whole life leading up to the point where you decide to put an end to that part of your life. And now you have to find a new normal where you're co-parenting with this person that you're no longer with. I think for everyone, it would be weird to say that it's just a super easy transition. I think you figure it out together and everyone has their own way. But I think that despite whatever we always had between the two of us, the one thing that we always saw eye to eye on was our daughter. We, We could always come together to make decisions for her best interest, no matter what was going on behind the scenes. And I'm proud of that because that's not so easy yeah. to achieve. I know. Um, not everybody I, has that. But I think that all the other stuff, I'm sure we experience every a variety of what every couple <laughs> experience is going through a divorce. But yeah. I think for the most part, we were very good about putting her first always. Yeah. So kind of tell me a little bit about like on your end, how you put her first now as a single mom. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, when you're, I really, I kind of, 
came to terms with the fact that if I was going to be single the rest of my life, I was okay with it because, excuse me, I felt like I hit the jackpot with her. I was devastated to see the end of my marriage. I was devastated that in my head, I had this plan of, okay, I'm going to have babies with this man more than one, and we're going to have this life together. And that obviously everything comes to a screeching halt. So when you even think about dating and it's not just yourself, and your own insecurities from being with the same person for almost two decades. And now you have to start over. You now have this little person who's watching your every move and soaking everything up like a sponge and everyone treats it differently. I was as lax as I am in a lot of parts of my life. I was so hypersensitive to everything that went on when I was dating. And I think that's probably why I didn't jump in to do it right away because (laughs) I knew it was going to affect her. How long did you wait? Um, it was about a year before I really, yeah, it was about a year and my friends, probably about seven or eight months, my friends were like, come on. (laughs) It wasn't, it wasn't like we got divorced out of nowhere. I think, you know, we, we knew it was coming. We were separated for a while. And so I think we both, there was no, it was a very dust off the cobwebs and get out there, Rachel. Oh my God, for real. (laughs) It was like, I mean, I don't know, you know, online dating for me was so new because I met my first husband in college in the nineties. There was no online dating. There was no Facebook for us. So to step into this world where there's all this accessibility and you put a picture up online and you put a little bio and all of a sudden all these things start flashing on a screen, it is like, harrowing it's a little bit daunting I know some people thrive on it I was completely petrified by it yeah no it sounds super scary to me yeah and then you're you know they're strangers so right when you're not like you hear about like the catfish and all these like scary stories yeah totally totally so it's you know before I I really was hesitant to do the whole online thing and I did a couple of personal setups which bombed before they even started and it was probably my fault because I just wasn't I had no mojo. I felt completely defeated and I felt sad about myself. And I felt like my body wasn't the shape I wanted it to be. And my mind was a mess. Like everything was just a hot mess. And I felt like, not like this sexy 20 year old thing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And then, you know, I'm in my late thirties seeing all these girls with these perfect bodies and their hair blown out and their nails are done and they just look beautiful and they walk with this confidence. And I didn't have any of that. I didn't. I just felt completely numb and like a shell of myself. And I think coming out of that to be able to be in social situations where I was expected to mesh with other men was was hard, really hard. So you recently wrote an article about your rebound Mm -hmm. post-divorce. Tell me about that rebound. (laughs) That was fun. That was fun. Um, You know, I think that... I believe in the rebound. I think that that person is important. They are because whether they know it or not, and I think sometimes you don't even know if it's a rebound. I really, I don't think anyone goes into it saying this is going to be my rebound. Um, I think that like most women, I don't want to say I recycle exes because I'm not that girl, but I I did feel a sense of familiarity with someone that I reconnected with without even knowing if we were single. We just very platonically were like, oh, look, you're on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Then we realized we were both single, um, had both come out of divorces. He didn't have children. And I think I felt an immediate like sigh of relief because I knew he wasn't an ax murderer who was going to, you know, put me <laughs> there in was an a Uber with it. Or yeah, there. yeah. Yeah. There was a little bit of history. And so it made it a little bit more um, digestible. Yeah. And I think that I had been so void of any 
physical and emotional intimacy and contact. And I was in, you know, a marriage that was coming to an end and you know what that's like. It's just emptiness and loneliness. And so I think to be perfectly honest with you, it could have been anyone, anyone who gave me the right attention and the right said the right things to me and just made me feel wanted and sexy, that would have been my rebound. It just happened to be him. <clears throat> it helps you kind of get that confidence back, you know, and like really believe in does. yourself again. Yeah. It really does because like and it's it doesn't even... have to be this great guy that's, you know. Yeah. And, and listen, I don't want to, I, 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 it was hard for me to write that article because I didn't want to make him sound like a loser. Right. Um, that was never my intention, but he just was not for me. We were not for each other. Yeah. And I think I knew that going in, but just like you're saying it, he is a hundred percent responsible for conjuring up my confidence again, whether he knew it or not. I don't even think that was his intention. I think Well, and then you kind of like know your worth again and you're like, okay, now I can go out and find my husband because Because I know what I'm looking for now. It's true. And when you first get out there, regardless of whether it's with a rebound or just going out and flirting and talking to men, I felt like as good as I I can be with words, whether it's written or spoken, I would sit there in bars and restaurants and have men approach me and say hello. And I would feel like I would freeze. Like I, I didn't know how to have those conversations because I was with someone for so long and got comfortable in the whole wife life dynamic that I was yeah. like, how do I flirt? And how do I have conversations? And <laughs> how do I not be weird and awkward and say the wrong thing? It's just a yeah. really, a really uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable in my own skin. Yeah. And I think that with the rebound, once I was with him for several months and just gained that confidence back, um, I felt different. I felt different. Every part of me felt different. I mean, I think that you do kind of have to like relearn how to have those conversations after marriage, because like now, you know, you're in another marriage Mm -hmm. and kind of like think about what your conversations are like day to day, you know, it's like, okay, who's getting the kids here? What are we doing? Mm -hmm. You know? When are we we, getting this house project done? You know, we laugh about that. We (laughs) laugh about that because we met online. Yeah. Um, but we knew a lot of the same people. And so it doesn't even feel fair to feel fair to say that because we actually went to college at the same time, even though we never met like all these weird instances where we should have met. And that's why I believe in the universe and timing and all of that. But we, he saved all of the emails from when we met online and we looked, we looked back at them and the conversations we had, it's not even the same people. And it's not, it's like, you can tell when you're (laughs) dating and you talk about such stupid things that you would never even occupy. Like we talked to, I don't drink, I don't really like alcohol. I'm, I'm a wine drinker. I don't like yeah. alcohol. There's all these emails talking about how I love vodka and soda. And I'm like, who am I? What is going on? So <laughs> I would never we, drink this. <laughs> never. And he said the same thing. He was like, I don't really drink that either. So I think you put on all these, I don't want to say false pretenses because there was no like, I mean, we weren't hiding anything, but I think you're trying, it's like an interview. Yeah. You're trying to sound fun and awesome. You're trying to sell yourself. Yeah. Totally. And so it's yeah. really funny to look back at that, you know, six plus years ago and see those emails and see where we are now, where we're <laughs> pretending not to hear the baby when she cries. So the other person gets up to get her. It's, you know, yeah. it's a very, very interesting transition. <laughs> <laughs> so you go through this relationship with the rebound mm-hmm. that like probably runs its course and fizzles mm-hmm. out. Yep. And then you get on online dating mm-hmm. and you meet your husband. And he um, was like one of the first people that yeah, you talked to on there. He was. I met, I, I spoke to a couple other people just very superficially, didn't yeah. go out with anyone. I had a date set up with one guy who got really annoyed when I had to cancel because my plans changed with my ex and my daughter. And he was like, this isn't going to work for me. And I was like, dude, if yep, this is not going to work not. for you on one date we haven't <laughs> even had yet, then I'm out. Yeah. Um, and then I met my husband 
on day three, I think of being online, he was yeah. my first date and I never signed back on again. And we became exclusive. I mean, we, we yeah. spent a good amount of time doing the obligatory, what do you do? What's going on? You know, the, all those like interview questions yeah, yeah. online in the beginning. And so by the time we met, I feel like we'd gotten all that out of the way. Yeah. So then it was just pretty natural and you pretty guys natural. just like was, jumped into dating. We, we jumped into dating and I think we both knew pretty early on because he'd been through a divorce also yeah. and he had no children, but we had very honest conversations, like right from the beginning, you know, the whole, what are you looking for? And what do you want in a relationship? But it wasn't like, oh, I want someone who's honest and makes me laugh because everybody wanted that. <laughs> we weren't, it wasn't like those, you know, those stupid answers. It was, yeah. I want to be a hundred percent myself. I want to be unfiltered. I want to say things without judgment. I want right. to be able to come to you and tell you what I want and need without you making me feel like a jerk about it. So yeah. there were very, very candid conversations that I never really had with anybody yeah. before. And I think it's like you said earlier in this conversation, when you you come out of a marriage relationship you're when you look at things in retrospect and you enter something else you don't have time things don't yeah. occupy space in your head that you really don't have time for you it's like a no, it's all business yeah. you're not willing to compromise on certain things you know yeah. what you want and I do think that that it's one of the most positive things to come out of a divorce is that you learn to know yourself your limits and your threshold so much better so that when you enter the next relationship it's just different yeah and it sounds like you kind of like took the time to really like sit down with yourself mm -hmm. and make that list though, you know. I wasn't ready. I mean, <laughs> I, I I wasn't ready to date all, you know, yeah. people. I think it's a very natural thing, especially with girlfriends and guy friends when someone comes out of a relationship. I think everyone automatically assumes what's going to make this person feel better is to get back out there again. <laughs> and I want You must to be lonely and you're yeah. broken. Yeah, you need to get back out. Yeah. I didn't want that. I was very happy on the nights that my daughter wasn't with me to be curled up in my bed by myself and not have to put makeup on and Doesn't be alone. That sound nice right now. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, I think you have to be honest with yourself. And I think that if you don't feel comfortable with who you are, yeah. you're not going to present the right person to someone that you're dating. And so that relationship is going to be based on a person that doesn't really exist in real life. Right. No, I totally agree. So you start dating your husband. How long after you started dating him did you start including your daughter? So... I never introduced, I didn't introduce the rebound to my daughter. Like yeah. I introduced no one to my daughter. Yeah. Um, I, I had, had like, several rebounds yeah, that I never yeah. introduced to my son. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I had this whole wild dating escapade that every like, woman needs nobody knew know. about, but like every woman, it was a great that. time. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's like a rite of passage though. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I kind of in my head, I was like, I'm going to wait six months. Yeah. Um, and it was around the three month mark and it was some holiday, some Jewish holiday. I don't even remember what it was. And my, my mom had already met him. Yeah. Uh, my whole family had basically met him except for my daughter. And my mom said, this is crazy. You guys are like serious at this point. You love yeah. each other. You can tell you're a good couple introduce him, invite him to the holiday. I was like, you want me to invite him to the holiday? And he's going to meet her. And she, and she brought up a really good point. She said, some people make it this big, serious thing. And you have the new boyfriend and the child staring at each other alone in a room. And you're like, what do I do now? There's I had that situation. Right. And so there, she's like, there's all of us here at the happy holiday. Yeah. There's buffers. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And so it was that three month mark. 
Um, and I, I brought him to the holiday and he was really cute. He brought yeah. it. I mean, he wanted to meet her like on day two. He was ready. Yeah. I was the one that was like, I don't know. I'm so nervous. And um, it is so weird how like we put this like time frame on it. Cause mm-hmm. I was very much the same, but I was like, Oh, a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like after <laughs> yeah. a couple months, everybody was like, I just come to Jesus moment with me. Like, uh-huh. what are you going to like waste a year with this man? You know, no, but you're and, like, no, you need to like get on this. But and I'm sure you felt. I'm sure you felt similar. The, the thing that stopped me, which I'm sure is similar for you, is that you have this child who comes out of a failed marriage, yeah. Yeah. and the last thing that you want is to then introduce more instability because you're already trying to make an unstable situation stable. And yeah. so when you throw someone else into the mix, that's where my head was going. I was thinking, well, it's this like kid... we're dating, we're not engaged, right. you know, like right. we're not even really having this conversation of are we getting married, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, so what if this doesn't work out? Then am I just going to have like this parade of men coming in and out? Right, and, and yeah. then you have to explain to the child, and it's yeah. awkward for I you. Don't to want go... that. But I felt like. It, the stars aligned the way we did it. It was perfect and it was yeah. comfortable. And he was so sweet and he brought her a little present when he met her. And she was so little that I didn't introduce him as my boyfriend. I just said, this right. is my friend. Yeah. Um, Cause she doesn't know the difference. Right. She was four. She was four yeah. when I met and it was just a really sweet encounter. And I, I still remember it. And I still, I know he remembers it. He was just, he did everything I needed him to do without me even asking. And that's, I think, what sealed the deal for me was seeing him with her right. and not being weirded out that it wasn't his child and <laughs> that she belonged to another man. Cause that's a little bit I know weird to think about, but he yeah. just was always from the beginning. He was so gracious and sweet with her that when I saw him in those first few moments, I was like, okay, all right. We can do I, this. We can do yeah. this. Yeah. 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 So then how long after, you know, you introduce, does he kind of become like part of your life? Right away. I mean, right away. He, was, he was over on the weekends. I didn't have yeah. her. Him and the dogs would come over right. and camp out at my place on the weekends. Um, and then I would see him during the week when I didn't have her. But the moment they met and then she had a frame of reference for him, then he started to come over on the weekends and then he would yeah. bring the dogs and she got to know the dogs and it was a whole different dynamic for us. But that was another thing too. Like I didn't know how, when he and I were together, we would do adult things. We would go out to right. dinner late at night. We would go to a movie. <laughs> so I was like, this is going to change everything. Cause he's going to have to like come with me to target and he's going to have to, I'm going to have to go to a birthday party. And he was just, I do think when you're in a relationship, like right. In. right. And yeah. when you're in a relationship with children, I think it's so important to see how the other person reacts to those situations. Because I do think if you meet a man and he's so turned off by like the kids stuff. Yeah. It's not going to work. It's not going to (laughs) work. And so seeing the natural reaction to all the things I had to do as a mom with her and for him to still desire me and see me as sexy and not care that I had like puke all over my shirt and she was sick or things like that it it really puts things in perspective and I think it's like interesting also kind of like bringing in this man that didn't have children Mm -hmm. so you're coming into a child's life at your daughter was four my Mm -hmm. son was five and you know so you haven't been with this person since birth like I have Mm -hmm. so are you gonna love them differently than I do Maybe, but you know, but you're like, but that you're scared. And then now, okay, now we're getting married. We're having more children. And Mm -hmm. then there's the fear of, 
okay, now you're watching these children from birth. Mm-hmm. Is it going like, to be different? Now yeah. it's like the real test, you know, are yeah. you going to treat them the same or is there going to be differences? Mm-hmm. And I think like trying to identify that early, mm-hmm. like how do you really ever know? <laughs> I think you don't know, but I do think you have to have those conversations. Those conversations I mean, and that trust. You do. Yeah. I, I remember very early on, like we talked about having, you know, getting married and starting a new version of our family and blending everyone. And I remember saying to him, my biggest fear is that we will have a baby. And I know you love Ava and I know that you genuinely like care for her, but I have this fear that you will have a true 100% biological child of your own and there'll be a division. And he would look at me like I was crazy and say, this is like the exact same conversation that we have. How could I, I mean, I, he said, I love Ava as if she's my own. I I don't feel that way. What do I have to do to prove to you? Right. And, and I don't think they can do anything to prove it. I I think like you said, you see it in action. And the minute that baby was born, he was just so good about he's never called them he's never called them my daughter and my stepdaughter it's right. his girls his kids his yeah. and so I think the minute I saw him using that kind of language and doing things like that proactively I yeah. knew that I could put those fears aside but I still have a little bit lives inside of me every once in a while where I'll look at him and go be like don't talk to her like that and don't <laughs> say that and don't tell him that you know I get I, know. I definitely get territorial I like that too yeah <laughs> Yeah, but it's hard. And then I don't know, I kind of try and put myself like in their shoes Mm -hmm. because like, so I'm not a step parent, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, would I be able to love somebody else's child the same as a child that came from my body? Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't know that I I can say that. I know. And I hope like I would be like that, you know, hopefully I'll never have to encounter that now. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully this is forever. Hopefully this is it. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like, I just, I think that that takes a very special person. Oh, it 100% does. You know, I, I just, that... I don't know how these men are who they are. But I think you attract that. I think I know, that you, think so you know, you know, as a mother, you would never have started a relationship with someone that you didn't see those qualities in. And so, yes, yeah. you're right. You don't really know what's going to happen until push comes to shove and right. you're in the trenches. But I also think that like you and I having this conversation, there are so many women and men that go through this dynamic that we have to have these conversations. I know, I think so too. We we have to be able to normalize conversations like this so that people don't feel like it is the end of the world and it's the hardest thing and that they can't accomplish blending a family successfully. Like the more that I think people like us speak about these things openly and share our stories, I think it sets the stage for more people to feel comfortable with it and feel confident in it, you know? And just like normalizing, you know, like these fears, like, Mm -hmm. you know, so we both went through this where we were scared that our new partners that we love and want to include, but, you know, there's all these scary things. I have to protect my child. I'm a, I was a mother first before Mm -hmm. I was your wife. And, you know, I think that those are perfectly normal, but I totally agree with you that, they love you and like you're attracting that mm-hmm. and so they're gonna love what comes with you and I think like he would always say to me when I see you as a mother yeah it's a totally different layer than yeah. when as a girlfriend you know right. it's it's just different and I do think that when you're the kind of person who wants to have a family yeah and wants to add to that family and you see yeah. those qualities in someone it's the same way where I'm the same as you he didn't have children coming into right. this but 
I, so I didn't know how he was going to be around kids. Some people are just not naturally kid people. That's and true. he very self-admittedly <laughs> said to me, I never was good with kids. I was yeah. never good with kids, but watching him with her, yeah. it just was natural and a fit. Yeah. And I think that happens when somebody, when both sides feel comfortable and seen and, yeah. and confident in a situation, I feel like it's like a, you know, a, a perfect storm for a lack of better expression for everything to work. Yeah, I think so too. So then you get married mm-hmm. and you guys decide to add to your family. We do. Kind of talk I about that. Them, I couldn't <laughs> give him one. I was like, listen, buddy, I am in my late thirties here. Them. I'm already geriatric. So I will give you one God willing. Yeah. Yeah. And we did. I mean, we, we did, it wasn't without struggle. I had a miscarriage, which was yeah. devastating. And yeah. I'd never been through that before. And I knew people that had, but it was new territory for me and him. And he was devastated, but trying to like fix me. And so that yeah. was rough. Um, was that early on in your pregnancy? It was, a, it was almost the end of the first trimester. So it wasn't yeah. super early. It was about right. 10 weeks. Um, it was a heartbeat. There was a baby. It was there. Yeah. It was, it yeah. was just, it rocked my world and yeah, knocked sure. me on my ass. Like I just did not know how to recover from that. Yeah. Um, and so after that we had fertility issues because I was 39. I was, yeah. you know, I know I hate to say it that way. Cause it sounds so like throwing in the towel, but it's the reality of being yeah. a woman is your eggs age, you age, <laughs> like everything just gets older. Yeah. Um, and my doctor had said to me after a few months of trying after the miscarriage, he said, if you don't get pregnant in the next month, I think your only option is going to be IVF. And so then yeah. I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm this is failure. where I am. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, and then um, I went and believe it or not, did something totally out of my character. And I saw a, a Reiki um, an energy yeah. healer. And I was pregnant two months later. Yeah. So it so worked. It worked. Um, it really did. I was, it, she was amazing. And I went to her specifically for that reason. And she just yeah. cleared out all the bad energy. And within two months, I was pregnant with my now healthy, thriving. When you probably had to kind of go through some of that healing after the miscarriage. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, I, I don't think, I think with miscarriage, everyone talks about, the, the physical part, you know, like yeah. you, you have a baby, the baby's not there. Nobody really spends enough time understanding how that physical part relates to the mental part because your body, even when you, when that baby is not in your body anymore, you still feel pregnant. Your boobs feel pregnant. Your body feels pregnant. Yeah. You're, you still have the symptoms that when you are actually pregnant, you're feeling all those things. You're still bleeding from a miscarriage. Yeah. You have all that physical proof of a baby being there. So now yeah. you have to deal with the physical side of it and the mental side of it. And there is a lot of healing, a yeah. lot of healing that has to happen. And I'm sure it's different for everyone. I've met people in my life who just pick themselves up, dust themselves off, and they are fine <laughs> that next day. Yeah. I was not fine. And I, yeah. I can admit that. I was I was a shell. I think it's of important to just again. feel your feels though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You do. You yeah. do. So once I recovered from that and got pregnant, I was like crazy through that whole pregnancy because you're scared then going into yeah. a pregnancy. But thank God she she got here a week early and it was perfect and <laughs> yeah. and just feisty and an animal and she completed our family and I that was it he got, he had a vasectomy about a year after we had her and I remember on the way and it was his idea he said after we have the baby and yeah. things settle down I'm gonna get a vasectomy I'm like great sounds great yeah and um on the way there he's like are you sure you want to do this and I'm like why you're not 
Pin this on me. And he was like, no, no, I just want to make sure. I go, well, unless you're, you plan on like winning the lottery and hiring like full-time help and buying us a bigger house and doing True. all these things and I'm done. And he was like, yeah. no, I'm done. So, yeah. you know. It's, That's where we're at right now. <laughs> it is. It is. We like both I'm trying to number four and I'm like, how are we going to afford know, God bless four? you. <laughs> you make it happen. Stop this. You make it happen. Yeah, stop the madness. <laughs> We are in way too deep right now, but no. So I think, you know, so kind of going through like similar situations of like this blended family life and you kind of have the big age gap now between age gap. Yeah. Eight and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a six year age gap. Um, and I remember like during my pregnancy with Beatrice, I was having like so many emotions that this chapter was ending with my son, you know, where it was just me and him for six years, you know, and then we incorporated Marcus into our lives. And now we're having this baby. And I kind of like had to go through some like grieving almost Mm -hmm. during this pregnancy of like, the ending of that chapter. Did you kind of encounter like similar feelings? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I was super excited. My daughter was super excited. Yeah. She only wanted a little sister. We had a whole conversation. I was oh, like, we wanted a if... brother. I was like, well, what are you going to do if it's a little boy? She goes, yeah. you'll just put him up for adoption. Try again. I go, oh, okay, good plan. Um, but she, we were all excited that I forgot yeah. about that part. I forgot yeah. about that. And then towards the end, I want to say it was like the last month I, I was in panic mode going, yeah. what if she rejects this baby? What I if know. the baby, what if she gets resentful because I'm nursing and my attention is going to be inherently mostly, she's much more self-sufficient. Yeah. I'm going to have to do everything. So I started to have very honest conversations with her kind of to mentally prepare her because she was old enough and just say, you know, I hope you understand that mommy's going to have to give this baby a lot of attention because she can't do the things you can do. She can't get breakfast for herself the way you can. She can't get her shoes on the way you can. So there's going to be a little bit of like a a period in the beginning where mommy's going to be completely all about the baby, baby, but it (laughs) means nothing about how much I love you. And I I kept reiterating those things, but I will never forget for me, the feeling really kicked in when we brought the baby home. Yeah. And that first night and she was with us too, which was important to me because I wanted us to all be together as a family. And I looked around and the baby had colic and she, you know, my older one was fine, but I could tell she was a little bit sad because she wanted me and I looked yeah. around and I looked at my husband and I said I, I just I think I screwed up our family I think <laughs> yeah. I screwed up our entire yeah. family by us doing this because we had this dynamic of where we introduced you yeah. and everything was great and we were in a groove and now I'm throwing this human being into the mix who needs everything and yeah. I I don't know what I just did and I'm I, gonna I, damage I, my older child I know oh my god I felt yeah. guilt the mom guilt yeah. was severe um and I think the only thing that really helped was those that constant dialogue of just yeah. making sure she knew how loved she was and including yeah. her in everything from picking out stuff for the baby's room to if we went shopping because I needed new onesies, she came with me. Like I just tried to make sure she was as invested in the minutia of a baby yeah. as the baby itself so that she knew she was part of it because I just didn't want to have her sitting on the sidelines. Yeah. Um, so I tried my best to do that. And sometimes I nailed it and sometimes I sucked at it. It's just, and that's just motherhood also. Just motherhood. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I know. And I think like, for me, I kind of like really changed like the dynamic of our conversations mm-hmm. where I'm very intentional. Of, like, I still I'm constantly checking in mm-hmm. on him. 
you know, where you're going between two homes. Mm-hmm. You're here with, you know, your sisters who live under the same roof with their mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And I don't want you to ever feel like the outsider mm-hmm. in our family. Um, and so just like constantly like checking in and kind of having those conversations like, hey, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. We did <laughs> the know? same thing. We did Do the things same thing. seem fair? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and the it's point, hard. But it's the point you just brought up about going between two homes. That's the part that killed me. Yeah. The part of I, hate it. I wondered. It's still, I, oh, I, I still hate it hate now. It. It, yeah. You know, I'll tell you, we changed a lot of things logistically because of that. Because I'm sure, like you, with holidays, mm-hmm. you probably alternate things. Yeah. I remember looking at my husband when I was pregnant, and, I, and it wasn't my year for Thanksgiving. Um, I was still pregnant, and my ex had my older daughter for Thanksgiving, yeah. and I looked at my husband and I said, "Listen." She's not here yet, baby two. So we're going to have Thanksgiving. But when she's here and it's not our year, I'm not doing Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving. We're doing it on Saturday. I will not have a holiday without Without my my family together. And some people think that's um, bratty of me and like, you know, that everyone has to like be around my schedule. And I, I said, I don't care because the most important thing. But it's not about you. It's about my kids. No, my, my, I can't. Anyone who hasn't lived it cannot understand what it feels like to look around a table during a big holiday and there's yeah. a noticeable difference. And maybe they don't notice it, but as a mother, yeah. you can't not notice it. Yeah. And so that part has always been the hardest for me. And in the beginning, especially, I was so worried that just like you said, she'd yeah. be resentful that her sister was here 24 yeah. seven with two parents and she had to shuttle back and forth. And that destroyed me and to this day still I have a hard time with it I know like ours is Christmas where you know I'm like if I don't have all my kids on Christmas morning you know like rushing down the stairs Mm -hmm. to open their presents and see what Santa brought Mm -hmm. like that I will die I know, I, but, so, but I think you, you readjust. Know, like, you have to readjust. Yeah, you have to kind yeah. of change the rules a little bit. And I think a and lot of women are yeah. doing that. I think yeah. a lot of women and men. We do Christmas morning together now where Oliver's dad comes over and it's all the parents and all the kids and not everybody can do that. But, you know, I'm like, for me, I don't know. I I just, I could not have that situation any differently. But I think you do what you need to do and it looks different for everyone. We we do birthday parties together every year. We all like, that is something. And you know, what's really interesting. A lot of people don't talk about is Yes, I blended a family, but I also want to keep the integrity of my daughter's original family. Yeah, and no, so I totally agree. Every year we have committed, and we've done it since we've been separated. Every year, just her dad and I take her to lunch or dinner on her birthday, and it's just the three of us because yeah. that's her family unit. That's yeah. we are all family, but that is where she came from, and yeah. I don't ever want her to feel like she can't have that because we've all moved on and so we are very I I wrote a meme um that says something like co-parenting is hard or like co-parenting is messy but like putting your child first shouldn't be yeah you know and I think that that is like Mm -hmm. totally representative of that Mm -hmm. where you know we got divorced for a reason we're not together for certain reasons there's pieces about this person that I don't like Mm -hmm. you know but I'm going to honor my daughter and we're going to go sit as adults around this table, mm-hmm. just the three of us, every year on her birthday. And we do, and she loves yeah. it. And you know, and how what? cool that like your husband is also not like threatened by that. So that's the other thing that I think yeah. we didn't talk about. That I think it is so important when you are moving on to a new marriage. Yeah. If like I would say to my my current husband, listen, 
we're always going to have drama because divorce comes with drama. It just right. does. No matter how, no, it does not matter. Right. And it doesn't even have to always do with the two people. Sometimes it's just the drama of the logistics and the, everything yeah. going on. So I said, I need you to always be my rock and to yeah. be the stable one and to not make me feel crappy for choosing to do things that you might not be okay with because I need yeah. you to trust me and have my back Otherwise, this isn't going to work. Right. I think had I not had that conversation and kind of laid out my expectations, things might be very different. But I think my husband knew going in that he had to roll with the punches and he's so good about it. He's so, he's the one that when I get crazy, he's talking <laughs> Rachel, me off the ledge. you're kind of being crazy. Let's redirect. Yeah, I'll say, <laughs> listen, relax. It's not a big deal. And thank yeah. God for that because- I know. That's Marcus too. So, and I, but I think that- Because you- we all- we're the moms like it's you're emotionally invested you know we're like maybe not that they're not emotionally invested but they have kind of this more objective view of like totally you know but you, but you have to marry a man you have to pick, this, pick your battles here yeah you have to marry yeah. a person who not only accepts your kid but accepts the fact that you're gonna co-parent for the rest of your life and they can't right. give you a hard time about it right you I know? totally agree because it is it's hard but it's a lifelong mm-hmm. thing Mm-hmm. You know, and then yeah, just doesn't like go away. doesn't go away. Like, yes, things like change. At some they point, we're going to be like grandparents, and mm-hmm. like I'm never getting rid of this person. Right? There's weddings <laughs> and and grandbabies yeah. and college graduations, and yeah. you know, there's things that you. It's it doesn't just way matter. better when it's like able to be amicable. Yeah, and yeah. I wish that that more people could kind of get there. You know, I've like been talking kind of more about it recently, and I work with a lot of like co-parenting. Um, families and therapy but I don't I just think that a lot of people bring like their emotional bullshit oh a hundred percent to their like co-parenting situation and I'm like I get that there's hurt feelings from this relationship that didn't work out mm-hmm. but that's kind of like on you guys yeah it's you a gotta choice. check that you gotta check that at the door It's a choice. And listen, you can't control somebody else's behaviors. And I do think in order to co-parent successfully, it takes two people who are willing to do that. However, if one person isn't cooperating, you, you can ignore it. You can not engage in, in nasty texting. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you, you have a choice along the co-parenting journey, no matter what that choice is, whether the other person is participating or not, you still have a choice in how you conduct yourself. And so, you know, all you can do is have the kind of behavior and make the choices where you can put your head on your pillow at night, know you did the best that you could. Yeah. And, and that's all you can do. But I do think it is a very conscious choice to co-parent peacefully with someone no matter what is going on and and it, just like we said before sometimes you are successful at it and there are some days that are you know not so great and that's just motherhood in general yeah <laughs> and marriage and, and marriage, marriage and, and life, life. Yep. yeah I know it's hard and none of it comes with a manual and mm-hmm. every time like you're on an easy street and you think you've got it all figured out, something happens and it all goes to shit. Yep. And the worst <laughs> is the people who have never in their lives been through a divorce, experienced divorce, and they want to tell you, it's like what people who've never had children doing. who want to parent your children, but people who are like, you should do this and you should do that. And you're like, mm, that no, doesn't work for me and my like, family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. And that's the thing. Like, it is just so different for everybody. That's okay. Yeah. 
So Rachel, where can my listeners and followers find you? So my blog where all of my content is housed yeah. is Wine and Cheez-Its. It's wine with an H, I always say, because I have girls and they do a <laughs> lot of that. So it's Wine and Cheez-Its online. And then my social handles, except for Twitter, are all the same. So it's Wine and Cheez-Its on Instagram, Wine and Cheez-Its on Facebook. And then it's Wine Cheez-Its. For some reason, I couldn't have the and on Twitter. I don't know why. Um, and then I do have a YouTube channel as well. If you search yeah. Wine and Cheez-Its, where um, I go live every Monday night from my closet that I am sitting in currently. Um, I watch every single week during <laughs> bedtime. I sit there in my girl's room and watch We have, a good, time. We have yeah. a good time. We talk about all things motherhood. <laughs> and so all of those shows obviously live on Facebook, but I've started to put them up on YouTube also um, yeah. to try and be more millennial because I'm old and I have to keep up with all of the things that I'm supposed to be doing <laughs> to have evergreen content. So they're there. <laughs> yeah. But you should tune in live because- the conversations are pretty time. rowdy sometimes. They, they are. I, and you know what? I like it rowdy. I like I when, do too. I like when people let loose a little bit because I feel like if they're letting loose, there is something pent up they need to get out. And I'm here for it. Like, let it out. This is your safe space. And, you know, that's, I think that's the most important thing. Like, yes, I told you where you can find me, but I need yeah. everyone to know that all of those spaces are safe spaces for us to yeah. have honest conversations and funny conversations and serious conversations and whatever it is that you feel like you need to, you know, work out with motherhood and marriage and divorce and blended families. It's, it is all accepted as long as you're not mean to one another and you don't talk about harming anyone. I am open to any I conversation. Know, yeah, And you do just like shut down like the yeah, I don't know. I don't. The you, negative you will get blocked. Stuff. You will get yeah. blocked immediately if you are negative to me or anyone in my community. Yeah. You are out. That's kind of my motto over on my page too. I just like delete, yeah. delete. I used to be so scared to do that. Now I'm like, wait, this is my page. I can do what I want. Yeah. Now, if it's like you know, consuming my energy in any kind of negative way, I'm like, no, I'm not even engaging in this. I'm deleting this. Deleting people. <laughs> Well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for uh, sharing your story with us. And, and uh, I hope everybody comes and finds you. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Did you enjoy this episode? Please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. And please be sure to tell your friends. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Mimosas with Moms. And you can email me at the number two mimosamoms at gmail.com.